0: The following podcast is a production of the LAG Radio Network.
1: You know, I didn't, one thing I didn't account for is how we were going to open this podcast.
0: Welcome to the no spin dash zone, as opposed to the no spin <laughs> zone, as opposed to the no fly zone. I like,
2: I, I really like that. I really like that. It's honestly really clever. Even if it Even if it is a bit wordy, but you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great because it's a parody of Bill O'Reilly's No Spin Zone, which is a parody of No Fly Zones for military purposes.
1: <laughs> no Spin Dash Zone?
0: No Spin Dash Zone, which is also zone like the way Sonic Stages her name.
1: That's where I was at with it. <laughs> but I also liked your idea, the Sonic is Dead podcast.
2: Sonic is Dead podcast. <laughs>
1: I feel like the Sonic is Dead podcast. Welcome
2: to the Sonic is Dead podcast, where we start with the first game in the series, which proves that Sonic is dead.
1: <laughs> Sonic was dead the whole time he was actually in a coma.
0: <laughs> I love the idea of a podcast that's just, like, really, like, analytical, like, here's playing through every Sonic game and also why they're all terrible.
1: <laughs> except, except I'm going to, like, praise all of them until we get to Sonic Adventure, where I'm going to, like, pump the brakes a little... <laughs>
0: I love that you're the you're the positive one here. Like Charlie and I are both like I didn't like this game at all, and you're like, yeah, no, Sonic's good.
1: I think I'm actually the only person here that played Sonic before I was like 27 years old. 27?
2: <laughs> no, you're wrong. You're you're talking about like old Sonic. I did play a lot of old Sonic until I was like an adolescent.
1: Because I think the first time I played Sonic was when I was like six or seven, and I played it on PC of all things.
2: Oh jeez. Oh, you play like, the actual PC version, or...?
1: Yeah, I had a PC release of Sonic 3 that I played.
2: Oh, you had the... Oh, yeah, that's right, you did have that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. my my brother and I would, like, take turns playing it, and he would always get a little further, but neither of us could get past, I think it was, like, Marble... Is it Marble Garden Zone?
2: Yeah, Marble Garden.
1: Yeah, because it's just Marble Zone, and... It's just Marble Zone in this game.
2: Which is a yeah. stage you actually can't get past.
1: Oh, that stage <laughs> is...
2: Look.
0: Oh, it's terrible.
2: <laughs> this game is not without fault. There's steep difficulty curves, and then there's just a spike that you impale yourself on. Because you weren't ready for it. <laughs> there's
1: difficulty curves, and then there's pushing a block for 30 seconds in a game that's supposed to be about momentum.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> look, I'm not gonna tell you that this game doesn't have flaws, and I'm not gonna tell you that 2 and 3 aren't a vast improvement. But I will sit here and tell you why. The first game is not just a stinker.
2: (laughs) I mean, the music is fine, but by Sonic standards, it really isn't that special.
1: The special, uh, by the way, word special coming up, the special stage music is amazing and it's never going to be where it is again. The weird floaty, like, looking at birds transform has never been in another Sonic game. Potentially not another game ever. (laughs)
0: Looking at birds transform?
1: Uh yeah, in the background they like transform from birds to fish.
0: All right, hold up. I'm I'm YouTubing cuz I I could not pay attention to the background when the foreground was happening.
2: It's so uh, I, I that's like my probably my least favorite song.
1: I mean, I'm not, it's not my favorite song, but what I'm saying is that you've never felt as in air quotes, special, as you did when you got that big ring and you started to see those birds transform and you were tumbling through 3D space without
2: actually being able to control yourself. I get it, it's a drug trip. In the video I'm watching,
0: birds are not transforming. Oh, they just transformed. I take it all back.
2: And honestly, that's a fair, that's a a pretty good way to access a stage. Because I really don't like Hunt for the Giant Rings in Mania and three and knuckles i
0: way way prefer hunt for the giant rings but that is because isaiah sonic...
2: you are always me... full of crap okay <laughs> let me finish you have sentence. literally you are, sonic three and knuckles to you is sonic adventure and Sonic adventure 2 to me because you just like bad things yo Damn.
0: sonic adventure 2 is also sonic adventure 2 to me that
1: <laughs> charlie I like Sonic Adventure 2 more than DX, and I like three more than one. I think older things just get better.
0: <laughs> okay, and I, and I was I was gonna say this earlier.
2: I just don't like putting effort.
0: Sonic Adventure 2 was the first video game that I owned. It was no, it was the first video game that I purchased with my own money. Yeah. So so that game, a good distinction. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to that game and it's going to be like well this is the greatest game it's ever made it doesn't have any flaws let's move on to the next game
2: we're gonna gonna rip that game apart as well as rip rip apart my heart
1: i have a lot of things to say about how charlie puts on his rose-colored aviator glasses to play sonic adventure
2: his amy rose
0: colored
1: amy rose colored glasses is going to be the subtitle of our podcast
0: amy amy rose tinted glasses (laughs) all right So, I... I, Welcome
1: to the No Spin Zone Podcast.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Where we rip apart every single Sonic game.
1: Yeah, we're going to be starting with one and we'll work our way through uh, chronologically based on release order.
2: Yeah. Okay, so we're doing every game including spinoffs?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We're going to do the Sonic uh, spinball
2: offs. So, we're going to do Sonic 1 again.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you mean like for the Game Gear? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll probably do like a short on that, maybe. Like, like we'll cover the handheld games like all together.
0: Yeah, my my opinion is that uh, we don't need to play both Sonic spinballs.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I think we could play them together. We just just play both Mean Bean
2: Machines, though. Let's be honest. You mean Puyo Pop and Mean Bean Machine? <laughs> no, no, we gotta play Game Gear and and Super Nintendo Genesis.
1: In that case, we also have to play, uh, (laughs) what is it? Uh, the Puyo, like, emulator on Sonic Mania.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
2: (laughs) And then we have to determine which is the better presentation of Puyo in the US. Um, the, uh, the honor obviously goes to the original because the remix in Mania is garbage. The original? You mean Kirby's Avalanche? Listen, buddy. Kirby's
0: Mean Bean Machine. Kirby's Mean Bean Machine?
2: Oh my. Doctor Robotnik's Avalanche. Doctor King D
0: D's Mean Bean Machine.
1: Oh, oh Doctor Robotnik. Uh so let's get let's I, I really wanna quickly talk about the point Isaiah made when he said that Sonic Adventure 2 was the first game he bought with his own money. Which I feel like illustrates both a point on when I had access to money and when I was playing video games. Because the first game I bought with my own money was Donkey Kong
2: 64. I think Donkey Kong Country 1 was the first game I bought with my own money. But it could have been Sonic Adventure 2, because I got—I th- think I got that with my GameCube. But... Yeah, I, but what
1: I mean is that I bought Donkey Kong 64. I bought it used, but it was like within the N64's like lifespan. Like The GameCube was not out mm-hmm. when I bought it. And I think that highlights, like I said, a point about like when I started playing games versus when... Isaiah started playing games and I don't know when you started when did you start playing games Charlie? um
2: it's hard to say I mean there was a time where I guess I was too young to play games but I would say around like six or seven I, I don't know I, I, it, it, I it's just a foggy memory
1: yeah I've, I was like watching my mom and my brother and my dad even sometimes play video games like before I could even process what like, controllers were. So I don't I don't know when I first put hands on the controller, but I'd imagine it was sometime around four years old when I, like, wanted to try out Zelda, and my mom was, like, sitting there helping me get through it.
0: There is a date associated with this, I just don't know what that date is. I got the GameCube as my first console, uh, back when they were running these ads for it being $100, and I think at the time it came with the Legend of Zelda collection.
1: The... you mean the, like, four-game collection?
0: The Ocarina of Time, and then two previews for Wind Waker, and then Majora's Mask.
1: Well, it also had Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Uh, it had four games.
0: I remember... That
1: That disc is worth a lot of money now.
0: No kidding. Uh, I used to try and play through Majora's Mask, but I just couldn't get past the point uh, before which you were allowed to save the game.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not, like, simple to understand for a kid.
0: It is absolutely not. Uh, but so, whatever year that was, was the year that I got a GameCube. And that same year, I also got, as the first two video games uh, that I that I could purchase, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 and Mario Party 4.
2: That's some good stuff.
1: Uh, I mean, Sonic <laughs> Adventure 2 is interesting. Mario Party 4 is... <laughs> Ooh, not... Yeah, it's the one after the good ones.
2: You gotta, you gotta no, understand. It's, it, no, it's actually the last good one.
1: I, alright, I'm gonna lay it down that 1, 2, and 3 are in a tier above the rest because after that there was this weird minigame censorship where you couldn't spin the stick to win.
2: Censorship? That was after the yeah. first game.
1: In case anybody was wondering, uh...
2: That was after the first game. The second and third game had no stick spinning.
1: <laughs> if anyone's wondering, Remember, uh,
2: this is a no-spin zone. The le- spin dash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition. Featuring Zelda, Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask is currently going for $154 on Amazon.
2: one I've seen that for cheaper at game stores?
1: Uh, I mean, game stores underprice things all the time. And they also don't have like, mint condition, you know what I
2: mean? The other thing is, like,
0: game stores, because they're local, they're not like, yeah, I'm selling this to collectors, they're like, yeah, I'm selling this to whoever just kind of lives here, yeah. and it's taking up shelf space.
2: That still doesn't hide the fact that Fire Emblem Path of Radiance is still $115. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, I really don't think that stops, like, really (laughs) high-ticket games from being expensive.
0: Yeah, if you can find a game store that's still selling Earthbound, it's gonna be like
2: $6,000.
1: I mean, I I don't think Earthbound's that expensive. I think Earthbound... If you don't have, like, everything with Earthbound, it's really not that bad.
2: Earthbound's like $80, I think.
1: If you have like the Scratch and Sniff BS.
2: $80? Oh, that's really not
1: The that bad. friggin... I, th- I
2: thought that was a magazine
1: thing. No, 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 that came with like the collector's edition, whatever. Like the... Not, like, not the collector's edition, just the box. It came with like the full box, and a lot of people only have the cartridge. Mhm. And if you have just the cartridge, it looks like... Um... It looks like that's selling for... Oh, I'm getting a lot of weird prices on this. It's, it's like, in it ranges from $100 to $300. <laughs> That's weird. But last time I checked, it was only like 80 bucks.
0: Alright. Well, the fl- price is fluctuating as time goes by.
1: This one is only $30. Wow. This is confusing.
0: <laughs> so, I think if I had played Sonic 1 as the first game that I spent money on, uh, I would have spent a lot less money on video games.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Which is partially a roast on this game, and also partially, like, how could I possibly buy a new video game when there's still this game to figure out how to flip and play?
1: I mean, I had, like, before I was even buying games, I had access to, like, a, a pretty solid, like, slice of the Nintendo 64 library. I yeah. believe the game, the games I remember playing the most were Gex, like, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time, and then, um, we had something else. But we didn't, we didn't have a ton of games. I think we had like four or five games, but and then like three that I would play quite a bit. But, uh, after I got Donkey Kong 64, I was like, So this one is mine, and that's a really special feeling, so I just want that for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Um, but, uh,
1: what age were you, Isaiah, when you got your GameCube? You said you were like 12? Um,
0: I, I probably would have been younger than that. Um, Do
1: we think pre or post middle school?
0: This, this would have been pre-middle school. I remember the first video game I ever played was Super Smash Bros. Melee at a friend's house in elementary school.
1: So still like definitely post-2000.
0: Yeah, definitely post-2000. I actually remember, yeah, because I remember talking about DS's with a friend in elementary school. So that would have had to have been... obviously I had DS's by then.
1: Yeah, uh, well the DS came out before the Wii, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. So the GameCube itself came out in 2001. 2002. In North America. Yeah. I say, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia right now.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, don't go by my memory then.
1: Just roasting, roasting me to death.
0: Hey, listen.
1: Uh, yeah, so it came out in 2001. So I'd imagine you didn't get it at launch. So you were probably playing games at like 2003, which would put you at what? Like, you're a little bit older than me, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm like, half a year older than you.
1: So, you probably have been, like, six or seven at the earliest when you were playing, when you, like, first, first started playing games? Yeah. So, that's not really that much later. But,
0: uh... I'm looking at, uh... I'm, I'm looking at this, this commercial that I googled uh that I remember seeing, basically, right before, and right after, I guess, I got the GameCube. Uh, and... Th- this is on YouTube. Somebody just, like, has a clip of it. Yeah. Um... And people in the comments are saying that this commercial probably aired around 2005, so that's probably around the time that I got
2: it. Uh,
0: I can't. I can't. So you were like
2: you. So you were probably like nine, around that nine or eight around that time.
0: Nine. Nine kind of sounds about right.
1: So you were you were nearly double digits before you gained (laughs) access to the world of wasting your time.
2: The world of Vidya.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know, wasting my time was something that I always, like, had ways to do. (laughs) I just, it was not nearly as, like, something, it it wasn't something to look forward to, like it is now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's really like a a golden apple that you're chasing after nowadays.
0: Yeah. Oh god, I wish I had time to waste.
1: Anyway, so what was your guys' first (laughs) exposure to the Sonic franchise itself? Um, I think I brought it up in the cold open, but I I think the first one that I remember playing is Sonic 3, and I had the PC port of it.
2: Sonic Advance. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe a bit of Adventure Adventure 2 at a friend's house, but I'm pretty sure it was Advance. Mm-hmm. Although my brother had a Sonic the Hedgehog costume or something like it. Didn't really. It's weird because I had like the Sonic the Hedgehog himself and like Green Hill Zone on the belly, so I have no idea what the fuck that concept. Was.
1: That sounds, that sounds more like a promotional pair of pajamas.
2: But it was, like, made out of the same fabric as costumes, so...
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say the same fabric as Sonic's skin, and I was like, whoa.
2: <laughs> Which is weird, because my brother doesn't, I don't think my brother's ever played a Sonic game, because we didn't own any Sonic games until advance.
1: Are you telling me that before it was in Vogue, your brother had a fursuit? <laughs>
2: in Vogue? Sorry, say that again, you cut out there for a second.
1: I said, are you telling me that before it was in Vogue, your brother had a fursuit?
2: No, it's like, I can't, I don't, I can't, I can't describe costume, you know, like when you get like a cape, it's made of that kind of crap.
1: Oh, like the weird, like, synthetic, like, plasticky stuff?
2: Well, no, it's not plasticky, it's it's very, it's, you know, it feels like fabric, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a t-shirt, you know?
1: Yeah, it's got that, like, thin layer of fuzz.
2: Yeah, on the inside. Ew.
1: Alright, well, that's super fucking weird, and if you hated Sonic forever, I would understand. Uh, but I was wanting to ask, like, was your first experience with Sonic one that, like, made you interested? Or was it one that, like, was unremarkable and it was only until later that you realized it was, like, a bigger thing?
2: I mean, I thought it was pretty impactful. I had the wrong impression that Knuckles was a ladies' man. I don't think that's a wrong impression. I mean, it's... He's not a more sociable ladies' man, or...
1: If you uh, read the comics, you might still have that impression.
2: If I read the comics, i probably never want to watch so- t- touch Sonic again. <laughs> the comics are great, though. <laughs> I mean, they probably are, but... That
1: was the other idea for this podcast, was that we read the Sonic comics together. Well, I'm glad we decided against it. Oh, damn.
0: This is like the third time that you've almost orchestrated us all reading the comics together.
1: I got you to read some of them. They're real good yeah. and very accessible.
0: That is true about the accessible part.
1: I mean, I have them in a Google Drive. <laughs> that's true. And share the Google Drive. I have. No one wants to read them anyway.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's fair.
1: It's not. It's incredibly unfair.
0: So I remember playing Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and being like, well, this is great. Uh, and then I got to King Boom Boo as the boss, uh, as a as a big old ghost boss with a rainbow tongue. For some reason, they gave him a rainbow tongue.
1: Uh, because he's amazingly designed.
0: And I was like, actually, I've decided never to play this game again. So I went out and bought Sonic Adventure DX, which was my second foray into Sonic games.
1: Did you see it and laugh that you had a game box that said Sonic Dicks on it?
0: Ah, no, I never noticed that.
1: It's pretty noticeable. I I guess if you didn't know what the word Dicks was before then, it wouldn't be as noticeable. But I got it in the mail and I was like, oh, this is funny. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I've never had that impression with it.
1: You guys never looked at it and read it as Sonic Dicks?
0: No, I that never occurred to me.
1: I apologize that you never had that amazing experience.
0: No, I remember, here's what I remember. I remember looking at the box and being like, so does DX stand for Director's Cut? Does X stand for Cut? Or is, it, is its full title Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut? And they just came up with DX for no reason.
1: Did you ever, like, misread it as Sonic uh, DK? And you thought it was this crazy crossover between Donkey Kong and Sonic? And then when you saw Big the Cat, you were like, this is possibly a crossover with Donkey Kong.
0: (laughs) I want to say I was not familiar with Donkey Kong at the time, but that is a lie. I had a Donkey Kong Game Boy game.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's obscene the idea that you weren't familiar with Donkey Kong, the progenitor of Nintendo, but you knew what Sonic was.
0: Dude, I... The year, the year was 2005, and Isaiah was but a child. You know, uh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't grow up during the Super Nintendo era. I, I grew up during the GameCube era.
1: I, I didn't say that it was like wrong that you did, that you wouldn't have known what Donkey Kong was. It's just weird to me.
0: I actually, I, I had a Donkey Kong Game Boy game, and I spent years of my life trying to find that game again. Uh, because every time I, I looked, as, as far as I could remember, it was just called Donkey Kong. But whenever you search for Donkey Kong, you get the like NES arcade or Game Boy Advance remake of the NES game, which is, which is not accurate.
1: You, so you get, a, you get a Game Boy remake of the NES port of the arcade game? Is that what you're telling me?
2: <laughs> yes. No, wait, hold on, hold on, repeat this. Are you talking about the Game Boy Advance? Donkey Kong game, that's the NES port. Are you talking about the Game Bo- the Game Boy Advance, or are you talking about the, the Game Boy game where it's like an extension of the arcade game slash NES game?
0: So the one that I had is the Game Boy one where it was an extension of the game where it had a bunch more levels and it was like sort of puzzle platforming.
2: Then that's not a port of the NES version.
0: That's, no, but the one that I kept finding whenever I tried to look for that was the Game Boy Advance remake oh. of the NES port of the arcade game. That's weird.
2: <laughs> They've yeah. like put it through two filters. <laughs> actually, I've never played the NES port because I don't need to play the NES port because I literally have Donkey Kong 64.
1: I have played the NES port. Also, if you have Donkey Kong 64, just don't play the original. Just play that that good game instead of a game.
2: Yeah, that's actually the that's actually the arcade game.
1: <laughs> well, no, but I mean, don't go and play that mini game for more than you have to because it's not worth it because Donkey Kong 64 is just more fun.
2: Wait, no, and hold, hold on a second. What minigame? The mini game is in the game. You need the game to beat the game.
1: Yeah, but you don't need to play it more than twice. You just play but it for yeah, two do, times. Yeah,
2: need, you do need to play it twice.
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. But you don't need to play uh, it more than twice. So
2: Yeah, but sometimes you have a hankering. You don't want to go to some obscure ar- few arcades that have it because I've only been able to find them in big cities.
1: If you've got that hankering, you need rehab.
2: It's a fun game. It's on like Donkey Kong.
1: All right, if you're going to tell me that the original Donkey Kong is a fun game, we're going to have to start talking about the first sign of the Hedgehog right now. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, so Sonic the Hedgehog 1 was released in 1991.
2: I would rather play Donkey Kong than play Sonic 1. Dude, that's a strong, strong stance to take. Because Donkey Kong doesn't have that you already know what you're getting into when it's Donkey Kong. Sonic is like, oh Green Hill Zone, it's really fun. Then you get a marble zone and then you just get a rock in the face. And then drown in lava. And in, in Donkey Kong you have that you you get shit on by barrels immediately. And then you learn to go around those barrels. See, if there was, if there was a, if there was a game that had Sonic One that required me to beat Sonic One in order to do it, I probably have a positive opinion on Sonic One than I do compared to Donkey Kong. But that never happened, so Sonic One sucks.
1: That I feel like is you just like strapping on a rose-tinted VR headset and refusing to accept <laughs> that like old games exist as old games.
2: Yeah. What's
0: what's the opposite of rose tinted? Like like shit stained? Yeah. <laughs> I so and and I, I I will say I had similar problems to Charlie when playing through the game. Uh, Green Hill Zone exists the way it is and then once you get past that there's a like a real uh, wall in terms of difficulty.
1: And you and... by that you mean an actual wall that you have to push to get through the level? <laughs>
0: Yes, a, a, a block that you push into lava, and then it slowly drifts through the lava, and you just have to stand on that block.
1: I'm not, here, I'm not here to tell you that Marble Zone is good. That's not what anyone's trying to do. But I would like to put forward for one, that you can't say that with Donkey Kong you know what you're getting into. Because if you hadn't played Donkey Kong before, you wouldn't have known what you're getting into.
2: Yeah, you know, that is fair. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe I just hate Marble Zone. That's probably the case. But, like, it's it fills me with so well, much. Well, when I
1: was younger, I couldn't get past Green Hill Zone, at least not easily enough to, like, keep playing Marble Zone. So, like, I just played Green Hill Zone a lot, and it felt pretty good. And then I went on to, like, Sonic 2, and then I played through, like into the chemical plant zone and I never really got past that too much and then I played Sonic 3 and I got through to like Marvel Garden Zone and then I kinda stopped there. So I played the first level of Sonic, the second level of Sonic 2, and the third level of Sonic 3.
2: <laughs> I think that really shows you how the games are. I do think that those games get
0: easier like as, as that trilogy progresses. I
1: think that the end of Sonic 3 is harder than the end of Sonic 1.
2: That's probably true because I'm still not Pat. Well no I maybe I did make it a launch base. I still haven't beaten Sonic 3 that's the point.
1: I like played Sonic 3 with uh, save states and got through it but when I was playing it like vanilla, I think that it was easier but then when you get to the end like the bosses and stuff are a lot harder than in one.
0: I can I can pretty consistently almost get through Sonic 3 in one sitting. Uh, but the final boss always screws me. Well, up. you've
1: also played that game a lot more than it, like the I've played two.
0: that game a lot Yeah,
1: but uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of the like key game design elements that I think set up what Sonic would be for the next like 15 years um, mm-hmm. and I think that Something that Green Hill Zone Act one does really really well is it uh, gives you the situation where early on in the level you can hit an Invincibility monitor is that what we're gonna call it? Are they monitors?
2: Yeah, you can call them item boxes if you want, but I think monitors
1: is the. A... I
0: think monitors what they call. It. Yeah, I
1: think they're definitely item boxes in like the 3D games, but in this case, I
2: think in the 3D games they call them capsules. We'll have to consult Professor Omochow on that one.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, you get an invincibility monitor early on, and if you're moving as fast as you can and like just holding right and jumping with good timing, you can make it to a second invincibility box that's on a lower part of the level before that runs out. And then you basically are allowed to, if you maintain momentum, be invincible for the entire level. And I think that's a really, really cool way to, like, make the first level get fun over time as you find secrets.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially since that second invincibility is, like, right next to three ring monitors. Like, Mario would never just have, like, like three power-up mushrooms in a row. Like, you, you would never be given, like, so much fun in a Mario game that, that's early on?
0: <laughs> well, I, I feel like they definitely had to have, like, almost over-designed Green Hill Zone, because they really... I mean, the the point of Sonic was, how can we make replaying the same crap fun just to get to the parts that we were stuck on previously? And so Green Hill Zone was designed to be played through very often. Uh, yeah. And I think it, it really benefits from that.
1: Well, I... I also wanted to mention that i think that the second green hill zone is good because it gives you a similar setup where you can i think you can maintain invincibility for the majority of the level uh but like when you get to the end invincibility won't help you with the last uh like challenge which charlie said was bad game design and i take a little bit of offense to that (laughs) because i like mega man and mega man is all about just like walls that will kill you if you aren't playing well
0: well well mega man Mega Man is a, is a style of game where you have to be careful. Uh whereas with Sonic uh and and w- with with Sonic 1 all sort of approaches from we don't know that for sure yet because I don't think Sonic had had found its identity at the time uh compared to now, right? Um yeah. But Sonic was a, a lot less about being careful and a lot more about uh being an expert in the level. Like it's it's a lot about like, oh, I've played this this part of this level before, so I know how it works, so I can anticipate stuff. Yeah, it's like Metal gear. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but to go in Steven's favor, you're you're supposed to learn how to go, but I still think I just wish there were spikes under the under the platforms or a wall to the platform, so I didn't just, like, accidentally go into a bottomless pit. And there's probably some limitations to that, but that I don't think that was, like, an intentional thing. Well, no,
1: no, no, I do think it was intentional. I think that that's meant to show you that no matter what, even if you are quote-unquote invincible, this game is going to have, like, something there that can kill you, so you need to be careful and you need to learn to, like, take your time the first time you go through something, that way the second time you go through it, you know what's coming and then you can do it even faster.
2: But that's, like, never something they ever do ever again. I, I think it I think it would benefit our audience
0: uh, if we briefly explained the obstacle, which is uh, there's there's spikes, and in between those spikes are platforms that I believe move up and down, or maybe they just, like, hang
2: there. No, they go up and down. Some of them hang there, but most of them go up and down, I think.
0: Yeah. The way that level is designed, because those platforms are, like, in between the spikes, if you move underneath those platforms... Uh, and then fall down there, you don't hit the spikes. You don't hit the spikes. Instead, you hit a bottomless pit and instantly die. And that is positioned directly after an invincibility thing. And so when you get invincibility, you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to start being careless because I can afford to be. I just want to go fast. Uh, And then you fall into a bottomless pit and die.
1: And I think that that... I I can't interpret that as anything but intentional. Like, there's no way that they sat there and they were like... I think we're going to put this here, and then a separate level designer was like, also, I'm going to put this here. Like, it's, the tree is directly before the columns. This is definitely to show you that even when you're invincible, you can die.
0: I think, I think I'm going to have to agree with Steven, actually. Because I think, like, it's, it's very much, if, if the lesson that the player supposed to learn is not that some things can kill you even with an invincibility, I think the lesson might, might still be like, Don't let your guard down just because you think you're invincible. Like, you still have to play carefully, even when you really want to play, like, carelessly. You know, the only time you get to play carelessly is when you already, like, have mastered the level.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good message to send to the player, because it, like, it teaches you that the game, like, will be easy if you explore, but also that the game won't be so easy that you can just walk through it as long as you're invincible.
0: And I, I think especially in in Green Hill Zone where it's not I'm I'm not gonna say it's not that hard because it certainly for the first time playing through the game it's it's gonna be kinda difficult. But comparatively it's not that hard to the rest of the game. Um but it's important to learn that lesson in Green Hill Zone where it's a it's a safe environment to learn that lesson. <laughs> yeah because it's going to get a lot less nice later.
1: I think that something Green Hill Zone does really well also is Sonic is all about, like, having multiple paths, where, like, I think it saw Mario, and Mario kind of has, like, one... You kind of walk through the level, and you do the challenges yeah. as they're, like, handed to you. But Sonic has its, like, iconic three-path system, where if you do yeah. well, you never fall off the first path. If you're explorative, you're able to go up to the top path, and then... If you're a newer player and you fall down, you don't immediately die. You have access to the uh, the bottom path, which is usually filled yeah. with like harder obstacles uh, and a lot of rings. So that like I think yeah. that basically the way that works is it's got harder obstacles so that you become accustomed to the kind of stuff that you're going to be hit with, but it also has more mm-hmm. rings so that you basically have like uh, a lower bar set for the fail state. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like a feat of design for the time.
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it's also, like, typically the higher up the path is, the faster it is.
1: That's not the case for Green Hill Zone, though. Because if you just go straight, you'll get to the end faster than if you're exploring the top path.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, I know the bottom path is slower, though.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's i think kind of the point. The top path has more rings, the middle path is fastest, and the bottom path is slower, but uh, it's harder to die. Yeah. And if you do die, then basically they're like, okay, well... Maybe that was too hard for you, so we'll give you another opportunity on the on the middle path. Mm-hmm. A- and then, like, I think that by the, the the more times you go to the bottom path, the more accustomed to the game you get.
0: Yeah. Uh, which which there therefore means the easier it is to avoid the bottom path.
1: For sure. I think it's a really good uh, design system. Yeah. About the branching paths. Yeah, and just about like how the how Sonic one sets the pace for uh, the future.
2: I mean, I think I've heard that. The other games just don't do it as well. The paths? Yeah, like, Sonic 1's the only one that really, truly got a grasp of it. Although I might just be thinking of Generations, but, like... I could have sworn that people said that, like, not even 2 or 3 and Knuckles really put that into practice as much as the first game did. I think they both have high and low, they don't always have middle. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the main thing, because it, it, it looked more interwoven rather than just strict dichotomy or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, I think that, like... Also those games have much bigger maps so it gets more complicated than just uh, top or bottom and it kind of has more to do with like finding things and I, I don't think that's a problem um, but I do think that like Sonic has always kind of had like falling down is not losing but you don't mm-hmm. like you do lose something by falling down you lose access to the top
0: yeah uh, I do think it's worth mentioning in Act 2 the dreaded moving platforms with spikes in between them bit. Uh, the paths actually converge on that point, so you have to encounter that section, and then the paths diverge again once you're done with it. Yeah. So I feel like it has to, it has to have been. I'm looking at a, a PNG of the map right now. It it has to have been intentional design for you to encounter that specific obstacle in in the way that you encounter. It. Oh yeah, there's no. I mean,
1: like if you think it's unintentional, that's fine. Uh, I you just can't convince me that it is.
2: I mean, I call it I call it unintentional because I mean, this might be a flimsy argument, but Mania like specifically corrected that. Like it has that exact same section, but it like makes the block solid so you can't like die in a pit. I mean
1: you can say mania corrected it, but it just changed it. I don't I don't think corrected is the right word. I
2: think corrected is the right word.
0: I think the difference is with Sonic Mania, the the lessons that they want you to learn are very different from the lessons they want you to learn in Sonic 1. In Sonic 1, they want you to know that it's going to be an uphill battle, and you can move uphill as long as you have enough momentum. Would you
1: say it's an up-green-hill battle?
0: Uh, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and in Sonic Mania, it's a lot less of an uphill battle, and a lot more about, uh, well, there's a lot more of an emphasis on exploring, uh,
1: yeah, and it, like, so for that, they have to redesign the first stage, kind of.
0: Yeah. I, I think the purpose that those, that, that that death trap in in Sonic 1 serves, it no longer serves that purpose in Sonic Mania, so they were instead like, well, let's get rid of the frustration.
1: I think that's a reasonable th- way to put it, but I, so do you, Charlie, think that the, like, spike balls in Mega Man are a poor design choice?
2: Uh, um, which spike balls?
1: The ones that kill you automatically no matter how much health you have.
2: Oh, aren't those, like, in Bubble Man stage?
1: They're in, uh, the, like, more or less every stage has something akin to them, like, they're, they're in Mega Man 1 as well. And they, there's also, I can't remember, I think it's in Mega Man 1, but it might be in 2, but there's a stage where lasers come from the side of the screen and those also kill you just like the
2: spikes automatically. Yeah, but like... So do you feel like that's unfair, or what? I mean, Mega Man's a different game, and I, like, difficulty is kind of what I've expect in that. So, I mean, Sonic One, it's it's a very experimental game, so I guess it has a pass with that crap. But like, well, so what do you think? Do you think it's, it's unfair? But it's so it's so inconsistent because that's never something that's never happened later on in the game. There are bottomless pits later on in the game. No, there are bottomless pits, but they're not like t- neatly tucked into like little pockets like that.
1: Well. Like, they don't need to be. It's just teaching you about bottomless pits.
2: That's. I guess that is. I guess that is fair.
1: Yeah, that obstacle isn't hard to get over. And also, it happens so early on. I'm glad it happens early on, because if it happened later, that would be, like, progress that you're losing. But here, it's just, like, you lose one life and you're like, oh, okay, I have to be careful in this game. Yeah. I think it's placed exactly where it needs to be.
2: Probably. But I argued that it doesn't need to be there.
1: Well, then what happens when bottomless pits come later and you're, like,. Let's say you're a kid and you're, like, an hour into playing the game and you haven't beaten it yet. And that hour is a huge amount of time because of the way games work uh, at, at, like, this point. And then you suddenly fall into a, into a pit and you're like, what, that's just it? <laughs> you know, like, that would be really, like, off-putting if it were the first time it happened was late in the game.
2: I don't have a problem with it because I've played some because that's how Sonic Advance was. I just put bombless pits towards the end and I just accept it because the bottomless pits are just a part and maybe that's because I was socialized by playing Mario games but like
0: bottomless pits in Sonic Advance were pretty weird to me uh maybe I'm thinking of of Sonic Adventure Sonic Rush instead uh but there are a lot of places where it's like all right you're gonna have no bottomless pits and then one where if I just fall down randomly
1: Yeah, there's a kill plane. It's not bottomless pits. It's just, like, if you get a little too low on the low path, it's like, well, here you go. You're dead.
0: Yeah. There's also, like, bottomless pits on the high path, but you have to fall all the way down. So it's like... Like, there is no low path. It's just, well, I fell off the high path, and I will die in about five seconds, but first I gotta get all the way down there.
1: Yeah, it's so... it Like, I like those games, but I think that's, like, a real weird design choice. But, uh... So I wanted to double check Charlie. Do you think that it's like unfair, or do you think that it's like is the problem that it's too hard, or what? What's your issue in particular with it?
2: It just catches you off guard because I feel like it's a little too difficult to put in like the first the first level.
1: Would you hold Crash Bandicoot to that same like standard
2: with bombless pits?
1: But just with everything that can kill you in the first level.
2: No, I suppose. not. No, see, you're always comparing Crash Bandicoot. You're cra- you're you're comparing two different franchises. But to be fair, Crash Crash Bandicoot 1 was already a pretty hard game for me anyway. Sonic 1 is not an easy game. Like, I, I guess
1: what I'm trying to do is I need to know if you have like a double standard just because you don't, like, you didn't already enjoy Sonic 1 when you played it first.
2: It's just to me, it was a very awkward thing to see in a level because I had the luxury of being someone who didn't have to play Sonic 1 because that was all there is. I've played other Sonic games where things are just done better.
1: Well, that's the thing, though, is that I don't think it's, like, bad to have something that's challenging, you know? And it's not this—it's not challenging in the way that, like, Marble Zone, after it is, where there's just stuff where you have to wait, and it makes you, like, impatient, and then it, like, basically, it lets you go, and then you go so, like, manic from the rage that you feel on top of the lava that you just end up running into a wall of spikes. But it just teaches you that Sonic... While it's about speed, it's not about, like, mindless just holding down the right key and then slamming your face into the wall as hard as you can. Like, you're going to, at some point, have to let up on the gas and, like, focus. And I think that's really cool. Because it's not not telling you to slow down, it's telling you to, like, think things through. And you, like, you have to be precise with your movements. And I think that's really good, because...
2: And I feel like they could do that without an insta-kill.
1: Well, I don't think they could, because without insta-kills... In Sonic, it's just about, like, grabbing your rings and then keeping going.
2: Yeah, but it's slowing you down. That's what you need to know, is that you need to slow down sometimes. It's not about... It doesn't... You don't need the death penalty.
0: Charlie, you need to remember here that also, at this time, statistically speaking, you probably have an invincibility going.
2: Yeah, like, that's that's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, okay, you were talking about that. Well,
1: it, this is all part of the thing. I think that the invincibility is meant to make you feel... It, it tells you, like hey, there's this power-up that we have, and then it shows you that that power-up isn't going to save you from everything, and that no matter, like, how fast you run, there's stuff you're going to have to think about.
2: Okay, yeah. Perhaps I'm just angry because it exists, and then Marble Zone happens
1: afterward. That is fine, but I think that, like, you got to understand there's a difference between poor game design and something that makes you frustrated, you know? Because, like, Dark Souls makes you frustrated, too.
0: Extremely understandable to be frustrated by that section. I feel very similarly...
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, when I was, like, first playing it, I was like, "Oh, this is horrible, but, like, as I've played more Sonic games, and as I've learned that, like, game design is about sending messages to the player, because, like, that frustrating part didn't stop me from playing more of the game, so obviously it wasn't, yeah. like, awful, <laughs> you know? It's It's not like, it's not like it's unfair, like, you see everything that's involved, right? Mm-hmm. I think it might have been slightly better if those columns weren't solid and they looked like floating platforms. I think that that is the way you could have improved it. That's that's fair.
0: That's probably the part that's most frustrating about it is that it feels it feels like a situation where it shouldn't kill you because the visual cues sort of imply that it would.
1: And if that if that's the like, I I think that this isn't a perfect situation, but if we're just talking about the putting a bottomless, plat- like a bottomless pit right after an invincibility thing, I think that's really smart. Because it basically it tells you mm-hmm. that like there are two tiers of danger in this game. Yeah. And also, if you've noticed the spikes in these games, you don't get invulnerability from the spikes when you hit them. If you hit spikes and you don't bounce out of them right away, you will just die.
0: <laughs> Is that real? I-, I did not encounter that.
1: If you hit spikes and you aren't invincible, even if you have a shield, you will, like, lose your shield, you will get hit, your rings will fall out of you, and then you will get hit again and you will die. And that's, like, a penalty for, like, screwing up in an area where, like, it's usually on the bottom platform where the spikes start to show up.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But I don't think this game has the, like, the uh, side spikes as much as future Sonic games do, where they'll just, like, put a spring and then slam you into spikes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: They do have some treacherous springs in this game. They do, they do. They don't have them directly in spikes.
1: So, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the jumping and attacking enemies uh, mechanics in this game. So, in Mario, there's really only two outcomes for, like, jumping towards an enemy. There's hitting the enemy, and that's a kind of a small hitbox. And then there's getting hit by the enemy, which is usually a bigger hitbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, pretty punishing uh, if you're new to Mario and you don't really understand how the jump arcs work and how, like, running can affect the, the speed that you move at. And sometimes yeah. even if you jump, like, in front of an enemy, you'll just hit him anyway if you, like, tie your knee the enemy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but in Sonic, if you're in ball form, you're effectively invulnerable to most enemies. Projectiles can still hurt you, so you're not invincible but mm-hmm. it feels really safe. However, like, killing an enemy in this game isn't binary. There's not just you get hit or they get hit. There's also, if you hit the enemy on top, you get the little, like, boost to your, uh, your upwards momentum so you can go a yeah. little longer in the air. And there's a lot of enemies that are positioned, like, right in front of strings of rings that you couldn't get all in one jump that if you hit them you'll collect all the rings and that feels really rewarding mm. and then also if you just want sheer momentum you can hit the enemies from the bottom and then they won't do that bounce and you'll get back to the ground faster so that you can keep moving forward and i think that that's like a really cool simple choice that you're basically hit with every time you see an enemy yeah yeah
0: uh with with uh you know with mario it's like based on the direction I, I attack them from will determine whether or not I succeed or fail. Whereas with Sonic, it's uh, based on my current... Basically, the, the image, whether I'm in a ball or not, will determine whether I succeed or fail. Uh, and also, the direction from which I choose to attack will impact something else in addition to that.
1: Yeah. And I also think it's really nice because in this game, you don't have the spin dash, but you can still tap down to turn into a ball. And yeah. there's this cool, like... There are basically, I'd say, three ways to tackle an enemy. If you're running uh, head-on towards, like, a motobug or whatever. They're... Is that what they're called, motobugs? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the little red guys that have wheels. The the Goombas of this game, if you will. Um, yeah. If you're running towards that guy, you kind of have three options to kill him. You can tap down to turn into a ball, uh, and that's kind of the safest way, just because you don't have to, like, jump into the air and worry about projectiles. You're just kind of yeah. like... Invulnerable on the ground and you keep going but that loses you the most momentum out of the three options I'd say your second option <laughs> is to like get real close to him and then jump like right next to him so that you uh, Pop through him and then you don't lose any momentum because you don't get the bounce and then you just keep going forward
2: But it's also the Ricky riskiest
1: right and then there's like the middle road I'd say which is bouncing on him and sometimes that can lead you to something cool like you can get to a platform that you couldn't otherwise get to and yeah. uh, And then there's also just avoiding the enemy altogether, but that doesn't get you points. And I think that this game rewards you, because I think at this point in game design, points are becoming like uh, pointless, if you will. (laughs) Like a score isn't really the reason why people are playing games. But I think Sonic does something really cool where every time you kill an enemy, you see like a cute little animal pop out and then it's
2: like you're saving the day.
0: Yeah, there's a narrative implication that the game tries really hard to reinforce, basically at, at every point.
2: I was going to say, it's not the harsh uh, Super Mario Brothers game book reality where you're smashing blocks and actually killing things that you don't know where you're killing.
1: Yeah, that that was weird Japanese game writing <laughs> at its finest.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
1: But uh, yeah, I think it's really cool that Sonic, all the way through, is kind of telling you that you're the good guy. Like, because Mario... Doesn't really do that very much. You kind of feel like a madman just running down, like, these weird territories and, like, killing yeah. people in castles because they took your girlfriend, question mark. Instead of just going to the one place where she is, <laughs> Mario is, like, a <laughs> is like running around just ripping down people's property.
0: Uh, evicting Koopas from their shells.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> it feels really aggressive in Mario, but in... Sonic, it's very clear that, like, the man you're fighting is just evil. Like, he's in the wrong.
0: The enemies you fight are not even, like, you don't kill anybody. The only living creatures involved with your fighting are trapped inside what you're fighting. You are only saving creatures by fighting them.
1: Yeah, and because of how fast they're moving frequently and how fast you're moving I guess like you perceive them move faster just because how fast you're moving it feels like they're being slammed into you as opposed to like the Goombas and Koopas which feel like they they're just walking around (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah most of the Goombas are like not even in your way you have to go out of your way to hurt them yeah like
1: the Hammer Bros are really the only enemy that I think like presents (laughs) <laughs> like, a threat that
2: feels willful. You're the only ones who've had it come. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hammer Bros are aggressive, and everybody else is just chilling. Uh, but in in Sonic, there's a lot more, like, yeah, this monster is, like, going out of its way to hurt you, you know?
1: Yeah, I think you get, like, triply reinforced to, like, break every enemy just to see, like, what happens, and, and you feel good doing it narratively. I think it's a really... For, like, narrative in games that, like, wasn't super important back then, I think that as a narrative piece, that's huge.
0: I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to talk about something that I feel like uh, everybody has already talked about, but I feel like it's worth at least briefly mentioning the sort of theme of uh, good guys, uh, like, are are trying to fight against like industrialization you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely more of a theme I think in Sonic Two and Three, when there's actually like industrial levels that you can see, like pollution is a thing.
0: That's for sure. In this
1: one, it feels more just like. Kind of a a plethora of levels for you to just kind of run through.
0: Yeah. Uh I I mean it's it's very much like you know, the bad guy is the only human in the in the games, in the franchise up until they decided to uh to put like T Pose
1: bikini women in Sonic Adventure. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, real good move on their part. Or the President in Shadow the Hedgehog. Or Maria for that matter.
2: (laughs) Or the President in Sonic Adventure two.
1: Yeah. I, oh, I really forgot that Sonic Adventure 2 had cutscenes, and I'm sorry there's... that you brought that up. Dude, uh, <laughs>
0: there's an entire stage dedicated to chasing down the president in Sonic Adventure 2. I gotta get Mr.
2: Him. President Sonic. Let me get in my car. Tails,
0: Tails, did you find the president? Not yet, Sonic.
2: Dude, he. Oh, you were talking dialogue. about Sonic Adventure 2. I thought you must try the hedgehog. We have to kill him. No, well, you don't that... have to kill him. Well, if you, want, if you want that want ending, complete, you do. Big game.
1: No, 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 no! You can get to those levels without ever killing the president. I would like to make it very clear. I mean, You're, I mean the game never okay. requires you to do
2: it. I meant complete in like a Gerard sense.
1: Oh, you mean like do things that you just don't need to?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you need to if you want to do things you don't need to.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, you guys want to talk more about Marble Marble Zone? <laughs> yeah. Based.
0: So, the first the first thing I think is is important to say about Marble Zone. Aside from the fact that it sucks and I hate it, is that uh, in all of Act One, 100% of Act One, there are no alt paths. There just there's like not one.
1: Um, Yeah, it it really does a poor way of
0: illustrating the cool things that make Sonic cool. In Act Two, I think there is an alt path, but it's like, do you want to go into the main path over here, or do you want to wait and then go over here? Uh, So it's just two like mini paths that just converge shortly after yeah it's really not a good look for sonic especially because the obstacles in the core path are so not ideal it's very frustrating
1: they're just momentum killing
0: yeah um i i i feel like so when i played it there were times where i was like i know where the platforms are going to be instead of waiting i could run and jump and I was not confident enough to actually try. There was one time I tried and I succeeded in one part, but I don't feel like that's true for most of those parts.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't like make it better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they, the only way this possibly makes sense is they have to have designed it in such a way that if you know where the platforms are going to be, you can get the momentum and you can run and jump. But I don't think that's true for the the section with the, the falling blocks and stuff like that.
1: I just don't think it's true for the area in general, like it doesn't- at any given point there's so many times that you're required to just move slowly that like, trying to make that a fast endeavor is kind of just a fool's errand.
0: <laughs> yeah, which would make sense for a much later level, where it's not a level that you have to have replayed a lot to get to the point where you're stuck. Yeah. Uh, but this, this really should have been a significantly harder green hill zone, you know. There, yeah. there should have been a lot more paths.
1: The game could have taught you that the game is unforgiving without being also slow in the process. Like, it feels so debilitating yeah. when you lose in Marble Zone.
0: It's it's awful.
1: The game just like tells you like, hey, look, you're playing me, deal with it.
0: <laughs> and, and in Spring Yard Zone, most of the obstacles are much better about this. Uh, but there are bits where it's like, all right, here's blocks that slowly move up and down and they're like offset by each other. So you can use them as an elevator, but it's a really slow elevator. Uh, and to my knowledge, there's no way to avoid those. There's no alternate path that, uh, lets you would not have to take that slow, slow elevator, uh, and and there's no obstacles in that section. The the closest thing to an obstacle in that section is if you don't use the elevator wrong, it'll pinch you and instant kill you.
1: Yeah, and I think that that is much much worse than the instant kills in Green Hills.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, but it it just it was one of those situations where I feel like you could have just had a one platform that quickly moves up and down and gets me through the level faster, and it would be the same obstacle, it just would take a lot less time. So, I feel like there's a lot of... I, I, I think most of the level design in Green Hill Zone is worth praising, but I feel like it really drops off in a lot of ways like, philosophically speaking, where it just slows you down for seemingly no reason. Yeah. In in Marble Zone, at least it was to be an obstacle.
1: Well, and it doesn't slow you down to a stop. That's the problem yeah. with Marble Zone, is that it's, it's like, you're just done. Like... <laughs> like live yeah. with it
0: <laughs> yeah uh, and that's that's very frustrating uh, but uh, yeah when you get when you get underground which is when things really start to slow down there's there's bits where you're like you're on on the grass and you like kind of gotta slow down because of the shape of the environment um, just sort of like like it's hills slightly after you've slowed yourself down to be careful. Which makes it harder to speed back up. Um, But then, as soon as you get to underground, immediately there's like uh, friggin' pressers that just move up and down and will crush you underneath.
1: So, I'm playing through uh, Green Hill Zone Act 3 right now, and I'm really liking it. It feels like uh, it feels very different from 1 and 2. It feels like you're kind of moving into like a ruins section. To me, there's, like, a lot more structure to
2: it. I don't really remember. I think it's, doesn't it Doesn't start in a waterfall or something?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. You start in front of a waterfall, but then there's, like, a lot more of the, like, stone structures in the background. Like, they get more, more and more as you go further into the level. Which, I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was just because, like, they're adding more obstacles, but...
2: I never really noticed. Feels really good. Because I don't really like Sonic 1, I don't play it a lot.
1: How do you feel about the, uh...
0: the, like, backgrounds in Sonic 1? I think the backgrounds... Um, I, sorry, I'm trying to remember the backgrounds, because I feel like backgrounds have been a staple for Sonic, uh, forever. They're, uh, probably
1: my favorite aspect of most Sonic games, because yeah. when you're going fast, the background moves in a really cool way, and that's, like, the funnest part. Mm-hmm.
0: I do, I do remember, actually, distinctly during, uh, Marble Zone, being like, yeah, I, I love the way this parallax scroll, like, looks. It really it really feels it, it adds a sense of three dimensions. Oh yeah, the depth feels crazy to it. Yeah. Like I could tell how far away the wall in the background was based on how fast it was moving when I moved. Which is very cool.
2: I love it. It's uh it's my favorite thing. <laughs> the background in Marble Zone looks like altered beast. <laughs> but less detailed. Oh, it just has okay. a very Greek. it has a very Greek theme to it. Um so, is there anything you want to say about Marble Garden Zone before we move on to the next thing, Charlie? Uh, Marble Garden's not until a few weeks, till later.
1: Sorry, Marble Zone.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I played that joke too much. No, I mean, I did say it wrong. Um, yeah, it's just slow. I like the background. I mean, the above background. Yeah. Oh, something I think is kind of cool is that if you. S- some platforms kind of sink when you step on them, and if the grass touches lava, they start burning.
1: Yeah, I did like that as just like a set piece. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm on board with that. I really don't have a whole lot to say other than I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something when me when me and Isaiah were playing there's something kind of interesting that there's like an area where you just like you know the lava is going to start chasing you. Mhm. That's kind of interesting. You can
0: see the lava like be a little bit backed up Sort of at the bottom of the screen as you're pushing something out of the way, and it's, it stops your momentum specifically so that you can see that you have to push this out of the way. You can see the lava, and as soon as you get down there, the lava starts moving. Yeah. And you're like, ah, well, I knew this was gonna happen, so I'm prepared now. So I'm
1: playing uh, Marble Zone right now, and I'm loving the first area of it. It's really cool because it. So you can tell that you're in like a a like building, right? A structure, like stones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and right when you enter it, you, uh, you see this cool little, like, temple thing that's, like, a unique thing. Uh, it's got, like, these two little red squares on it, and it looks like you've, (laughs) like, walked through it to get here. Yeah. And, uh, the background is not as cool as Green Hill Zones, but there's, like, just as much detail to it. It doesn't have the parallax scrolling, though, that Green Hill had. Um, oh, I also wanted to mention that the water in, like, the Green Hill Zone background is animated, and that's really cool, because I don't think animated backgrounds were super common.
0: Oh, yeah, I would have to imagine not.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, but, like, while you're running through this area, you see, like, bits of lava underneath you, and you're like, Oh, well that's bad. Like, that's obviously not good. Uh, but then after you get, I think it's about, like, a third into the segment before you go underground, you see, like, this little entryway, and if you slow down and turn around, you get three, uh, ring monitors, and you also see a wall of lava to the side of the room, It like, it makes it feel really, uh, like, I guess, like, surreal or something, like, visceral.
0: Oh yeah. Like it's it's like oh snap. This is this is what I have to look forward to. Yeah, and you're
1: also like I think a gut reaction is like I need to get away from here as fast as possible. This feels dangerous.
0: <laughs> it's it's foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, like shortly after that you get put into the uh the ruins like you have yeah. to turn around and basically go into the place that you saw and you were like scared of and then the background changes mm. and i think that that's a really cool way to like set the mood for going into level but then you are immediately hit by these pillars that just slow you down and it's awful it's really bad
0: it's very not good
1: i really do like though the uh is that what they're called the purple guys
0: yeah yeah
1: i like how they teach you that uh not
2: every part of the enemy is able to be hit.
1: Yeah, like they have weak spots. And it's really cool because they show that like everything is spiked except the head. So even if you weren't thinking of like, oh, I'm going to go for the head, that's obviously the weak spot. Like there's this uh, kind of clarity that comes with um, seeing that there's no spike on the head, so it feels safer.
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like they're a little too fickle with the hitbox. There's a, there's a few times I've hit that I've hit the head, but it said no.
1: They're not perfect, but I do like them as an enemy. I think that they present like a good uh, challenge. There's also a thing yeah. we mm. didn't talk about in Act Three of Green Hill Zone, which is the rotating log, which I think initially oh, yeah. it feels like something out of Marble Zone, where it's like, ugh, this is just a re- way to slow me down. But like as you look at it, you learn that you can jump over the spikes, and I think that's really cool because now it becomes this like moving target of a sort.
0: Yeah, the problem with that specific obstacle is that I feel like I'm never going the right speed to to not get hurt by it.
1: Well, it's not about going the right speed, it's about, like, uh, jumping over it. <laughs> it's about yeah. getting over the obstacle, because I think that you learn pretty quick that sometimes an obstacle is not there for you to get through, it's there for you to avoid, and I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, and, and I believe that is only on the bottom route, or...
1: Yeah, it's only on the bottom route, you're right.
0: Yeah, it's on the bottom route, um... So that's keeping in theme with what the bottom route's for.
1: Yeah, teaching you about obstacles. I also want to talk about the special zone in this game a little bit more, because we talked about the music and the kind of, like, setting for it, but we didn't really talk about the mechanics itself. Yeah. I think that they are really good. I really like these special zones. Um, I think that they kind of add something that special zones in the future games don't really have, which is, like, learning patterns and kind of exploring a level that's just different.
0: mm hmm I like them a lot more than Sonic 2 Special Zones.
1: Yeah, like those ones, they feel like... Th- there is a little bit of learning you can do, but it mostly feels like reaction. But these ones, yeah. it's kind of like... Uh, there, there's no timer. It feels like a little reprieve, but there's still like this huge reward at the end.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, and, and I was remarking about this to Charlie when we played through it, which is that uh, the first two reverses you see are in corners, one making it so that it's very hard to hit, and the other making it so that it's very easy to hit, but also when you hit that one, it reverses the rotation in the direction that's actually beneficial for you. Oh yeah, um, it's almost necessary. It teaches you how how that works specifically in a way that's that's better for you so that it can later punish you with the same mechanic. Yeah, and I, and I think that
1: it does a great way of showing everything that can happen in that area before you lose right away. And you also, yeah. I don't think, feel really bad when you lose because it's such a weird experience. Like, they've taken, <laughs> like, you're playing a different video game when you get in there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was always frustrated by it just because I was never good at it, and so it felt like, uh, the first place that you could get out, I would always get out there. Um. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Because <laughs> it even feels cool because it says goal there, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think, for me, a part of that frustration is that it's very hard to practice that game because the only way to unlock it...
1: I think that's the point, and I think that's why it moves so slow, as opposed to everything else. Um, I think it's there as a challenge for people who have already mastered the first level of this game. Like, the the first layer of this game, let's say.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Because, like, the game doesn't tell you how to access the stage. The only way to access yeah. it is to get to the end of the stage with 50 rings, which is something you can really only do if you're already really good at the game. Or at the very least aware of the mechanics. Yeah. Okay, so
1: I think I learned how... Um, you know how I said there isn't invulnerability after you have rings, like you'll just get hit by spikes? Yeah. Uh, the lava has a similar situation, except that you are invulnerable for a little bit, but the uh, thing is you can't collect rings while you're invincible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I had a, I had a issue with that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that being an issue.
1: I also, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm currently playing the game as
0: we're recording. I don't
1: know, have I seemed mm. out of it?
0: <laughs> no, you're you're pretty into it. Okay, cool. I, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the uh, inconsistency as to how much iframes and whether or not you can collect rings. And I feel like, to my knowledge, no other game is inconsistent about that.
1: Uh, I mean, I just think that it's like a different system where you can't collect rings while you're invincible. Uh, and you, like, the the only inconsistency, really, is that spikes will kill you no matter what. Uh, but you get bounces, basically. So if you can bounce, like, long enough, you can get away from them. So, and you can, at max, you can have three bounces. Because you can have a shield, you can have, uh, rings, and then... Oh, well, I guess you get two bounces. I don't know why I said three. But, uh, you get two bounces, basically, if you have a shield and then if you have rings. Um, so, like... Not every spike will kill you like in Mega Man, but there are spikes that will like uh they, they they'll like t- punish you at varying degrees depending on like what point of the level you're at, mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 tricky because it's not very well conveyed in my opinion. I think
1: it is. I think that if you haven't played other Sonic games and you have this weird pretense, I, I think that it's conveyed pretty well.
0: That is fair. I do definitely have a pretense.
1: Yeah, and that's all, that's why I was trying to play this as objectively as possible. Like, I was trying to ignore my previous experience with Sonic, and I think that that's helped me enjoy it a lot more than I think you
2: guys had. Yeah. I really just wanted to shit on the game. <laughs> I think i have been told Isaiah that.
0: I think it's very hard to divorce this game from all the games that come after it. I mean, I've been doing all right, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it's 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 been hard for me to say, oh, well, this is... This is how good the game is, uh, without being, like, as compared to when they already understand what they want the game to be, uh, because they have more experience with that. Like, I feel like Sonic right now doesn't really have, uh, an identity to the same extent that it has by the time Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 happens.
1: I mean, I think that you could just as easily plug the exact map for Green Hill Zone into 2 and 3, and it would be just as interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that the mechanics of this game, the, like, three different ways to kill enemies, the, uh, like, having the momentum shift stuff where if you're not just running, like, to basically to make yourself safer, you also have to sacrifice your speed. I think stuff like that's really cool. I really wish that was in, uh, more current Sonic games. Like, my, we're gonna pitch our fan Sonic games. <laughs> the idea that I want the most is, like, a Sonic game where you have a speed meter, and you can kind of, like, collect stocks on that. So, like, basically you can go, like, Let's call them like Mach. So you could, like you hit Mach one, and then the uh, screen starts like doing the blurry stuff that they do in the current games, and like the music kind of changes. You lose the bass, yeah. and you just have the treble. And uh, like every time after that, you don't necessarily speed up, but like the speed meter keeps filling. And then every time it fills, you get like, oh, you're Mach two now. You're Mach three, and then you can like spend those to do special abilities for like each character. Also, ideally, a Sonic game would have more playable characters. <laughs> So maybe, like, Sonic could do, like, a super bounce if you spend a Mach, and if you spend your, like, last one, then you have to, like, reset your speed, and there's other stuff where, like, taking the offensive will take away your ability to, like, gain speed, like, you'll have to kind of slow yeah. down, but I think that that would be, like, a really cool current gen way to implement, like, progression and stuff like that, and, and I think that it's, like, uh, this game kind of tries to do that as much as it can, where it kind of, like, makes you feel like momentum is important, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel like you have to make decisions, on whether you want to keep momentum or, like, get more rings or explore.
0: I do think momentum is sort of at the core of the design, at least in Green Hill Zone. Um, oh yeah, for sure, that all goes out the window of Marble Garden. God damn it, not Marble Garden, just that's Marble. That's the biggest problem, is that uh, it has a lot of good ideas, but it also has a lot of very bad ideas, and sometimes it commits to those more. I mean, it just feels like there
1: was a different level designer for the second level, and I think that
0: that's yeah, very likely. I can see
1: that, totally. And that guy, like, saw Mario and he was like, oh, there's this cool underground stuff. Let's add, like, puzzles to that, because that's kids what the like kids puzzles. like. I did, but I was a loser. Yeah, and kids do like puzzles. Yeah, we all like puzzles. Everyone likes puzzles. Professor Layton, great game. Puzzles. 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 But Sonic puzzles, not. No. no. Get that out of here. <laughs> there's a reason there's not a game for the Sega Game Gear called Sonic puzzles. It's just not, not a good idea.
0: Uh, ooh, never mind.
1: <laughs> There's a reason it's not Sonic's Maybe Machine, you know what I mean? He's not in that game. Well, Sonic there is,
0: a, is a Sonic Game Gear game called Sonic Labyrinth that is a puzzle game.
1: No, I. That okay, alright. I just make it sure. I know that there are really, really bad Sonic games. Why do you think I mentioned the Game Gear specifically? <laughs> Fair. There's also Sonic 3D Blast, which a is. A very good Blast video is the last, game. Blast is the last word I would use to describe
2: Sonic Very 3D good Blast. video game, that one. I'm, am I really the only person who likes Sonic 3 d no, I No, Isaiah likes it too, I don't understand it. But we'll get there, don't worry. It's later.
1: <laughs> but, uh... Is there anything else you guys wanted to say? I think we covered a lot of those. Uh, I thing. did
0: not feel as though the music was very strong. <laughs> yeah, I had the same feeling. I mean,
1: I think that it's like, as good as any basic Genesis music. It's not as iconic as future Sonic yeah. games will have, but I think that it's not bad.
2: Early and experimental.
1: Yeah, I mean, they like, this game came out uh 1991. People didn't know how to use the Genesis sound yet, and we didn't know that it could do things like the Vector yeah. Man soundtrack or the Echo the Dolphin mm-hmm. soundtrack. Because Sonic soundtracks, I don't even think, are like the best representations of so what the Genesis a, can do. There's
0: a video I watched a long time ago basically I... explaining how writing music for the Genesis worked. And I think uh, next... Before next episode, I'm gonna rewatch that uh, video so I can sort of explain the process of basically why Genesis music was sometimes really good and sometimes really bad. Because I think that might that might be very relevant for Sonic, a franchise largely known for its very good music.
1: I mean, good or bad, I think that you like have to admit that the Genesis is like a genre. Yeah, of music. absolutely. <laughs> explain the process of blast process. Uh, well, you see, inside the Sega Mega Drive, there's a fusion reactor and 17 hedgehogs running as fast as they can to pump out the raw processing power of, the raw of Sega. raw processing power that you can only get with Sega. Yeah. Um, so, after, after all of this, I'd like to ask Sonic 1 as a whole. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs it's going
0: to kind of be a thumbs down.
1: That's fine. I'm going to give it a thumbs up as a whole All right. because I think that, like, pound for pound, if I had this game on, like, Game Boy Advance and it didn't have the weird, like, old-timey game over system where you just have to restart. Yeah, it, I, I, like, think,
0: I think removing the game over system, that would probably turn it up to a thumbs up, but I would have to play more of it to see if the rest of the game's level design uh, is not also kind of garbo.
1: But, uh yeah, like, so basically... I agree with you that it's pretty unaccessible the way this game is designed, and I'm a huge like proponent of don't judge a game based on when it came yeah. out. like Just judge it based on whether I, or not it's still I fun. I do
0: think the weakest part of the game is the level design. I think the mechanics are really solid, but that said, the mechanics are designed in such a way that level design is really important, and they didn't do a good job of that. I mean, did you like
1: the level design of the third area? Or are you ju- literally just talking about Marble? Marble was health? definitely
0: the worst of the three, but it did not get much better in uh, Scrap. Sp- spring. Scrap Yard?
2: Spring Yard, spring yard scrap Zone. Scrap Grain
0: actually. is the last one. Uh, scrap Yard Zone? Because oh there was that. Scrap that, colon zone. Those slow elevator sections that were very frustrating. Uh, and most of the level was fine outside of that.
1: Um, I would also like to put forward that the top segment of Marble Zone, while like populated by enemies and a little dense, mm-hmm. is still super. Fun. Oh yeah, no,
0: the top the tops were fine, honestly, in Marble Zone.
1: Yeah, so it's not like the whole thing is just a stink. Yeah, it's like fifty percent of the level is not great, <laughs> and I don't think that it's so bad that it's like game ruining. If if it weren't for the weird live system, like the old timey yeah. live system, uh, it, it would be really fun. I think.
2: Yeah, i will go wrong
1: with that. Um, so I would give it a thumbs down, but I think that like a re-release of this game that had save states or something like that, uh, where it was just <laughs> you know designed for like respecting your current time and the fact that you play more than one game, I think this game would be a yeah. thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I I do have to wonder if re-releases of this game because there have been a lot. Every every year, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I do have to wonder if there's a version of this game that does have a reworked live system.
1: Uh, I, I don't think so. I think that it's pretty much all just, like, as, as is, because they don't really want to taint it, I don't think. That's what Sonic Mania yeah. is for, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, we got Sonic 3 with the save system, so. But yeah, That's I think true. that overall, what this game offers is a thumbs up, but, like, it's packaged in a way that just doesn't quite work. Yeah. So, would you guys agree with that, that, like, theoretically, this could be a big thumbs up?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I would say with that in mind, sort of a thumbs sideways. No, I mean, I think
1: that the game itself has to be a thumbs down. Like, we have to acknowledge that you shouldn't really play this game. Like, you should play Green Hill Zone. That's what you should do.
0: You should play Green Hill Zone a bunch of times and, like, experiment. But, like, that's that's about it. It's not worth the payoff. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that
1: sentiment, Charlie? Say it again. Uh, you should, you should not play Sonic. You should play Green Hill
2: Zone. Yeah. And something just, like, occurred to me. Like, thinking about the time this was made. Because this is, like, at the tail end. This is just just right there at the tail end of the NES era where like games were supposed to be hard because they were also short and I didn't even I didn't even like process that until now. So you didn't maybe even blast process that until now. Yeah, I might I give it that. I might actually switch to a side thumbs up, but like I don't
1: know. Yeah, like I said, I'm huge about like don't judge a game by its time, judge it by its quality. Um but, like, if we're acknowledging the time it came out and the fact that, like, the difficulty curve is there for people who didn't have, like, a bunch of games and they had, a, a of, like, a lot of free time, I think it's fair yeah. to wait to sign.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think... Because uh, cause that's the weakest part about it, but that's also something that future Sonic games get better and better about. Yeah. Um, And um, I think that's because over, over the course of just that one system, developers start to realize that players are gonna have more than one video game, and so they can get through them if they want to. Yeah. So I think that
1: overall, this game is great as a progenitor for the Sonic series, I think is basically where I sit at.
0: Oh yeah, it's a great entry point for for Sonic as a franchise.
1: And I think that standalone even, the game would be fun. Mm-hmm. So any any final thoughts? Alright, no. cool. <laughs> uh, I'm just... I guess, so, th- we'll do thumbs up, thumbs down, and then we'll also do, like, would you beat it? That'll be the way we rate these games. Mm. With that
2: in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this game gets a this rating of... Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Play it. I...
0: <laughs> I would say no, I would not beat this game. Yeah, especially not... All six emeralds, dude.
1: Come
2: on. Uh, dude, I mean, I no way would I freaking complete the game. Despite <laughs> my rage, I guess I would like to beat it one time, sometime. But as a as a as a daily exercise or something like that, no. <laughs> yeah. Finger warmups. All right. Um,
1: do we want to do <laughs> plugs or do we want to just add that in later?
0: Uh, my name's Isaiah. You can find me at Twitter. Goodbye. <laughs> You can find me at Twitter at Isaiah Games. Dude, same. Yeah, yeah, I-S-I-A-H Games. You can find Charlie at
1: Isaiah Games, and you can find Isaiah at (laughs) Isaiah Games.